I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Today we're going to be talking about five classical pieces that will enhance your jazz playing. Awesome. So this is five pieces of classical music, I guess? I mean, I'm assuming, unless we're going to start an art podcast next, which we could. <laughs> That's right. I'm down. All right, why don't you kick it off, Adam? Yeah, so let's start with Chopin Etudes. Now, most pianists are going to be kind of familiar with this, I hope at least. These are some of the best uh, etudes ever written for the piano. I mean, it really is a great workout if you can get these up to speed. You know, you're, you're actually playing some real piano. And on top of that, they are brilliant to listen to. I mean, they're just, they're, they're varied and the music is so incredible. I mean, it's really the mark of one of the great composers that they make etudes sound that musical. Yeah, um, yeah, and I think that, that all these are gonna be a little different with that one, as you said, specifically for pianists. I mean, every one of those etudes addresses a specific part of the piano technique that applies to really any style because it just applies to how you how we are able to control or not control the instrument and so in, in jazz and in improvisation it's so important to be able to control the instrument I love the Maurizio Polini recordings of that's, those by the way amazing yeah amazing um, okay next I'm gonna go with uh, for number two La Valse by Ravel wonderful French composer and I mean, this is a piece that I've, I've heard quite a few times and to be able to hear it live, um, you know, f from the standpoint of the harmony and the orchestration and the form and everything, uh, it's, it's just such a beautiful and amazing piece and I think it can really inform our, our jazz playing, our jazz improvisation, our jazz composition. And then definitely, I've used it a lot of references and I think that you might have done this as well, Adam references for orchestration of so-called jazz pieces when we work with orchestra. Uh, Ravel had a great, uh, had great concepts on orchestration that really can be um, used and applied, I think, to the jazz idiom nicely. Yeah, and not just for, for orchestra, but for, you know, if you play the piano or if you play the guitar, you know, Ravel had some incredible voicings and, and great, you know, voice leading. Yes. Within some, you know, seventh chords, thirteenth chords, that kind of thing. Really amazing stuff. Yep. The next, uh, the next piece that makes our list is Stravinsky's Petrushka, specifically the version for orchestra and piano. Um, you know, Stravinsky was at this time where jazz was there already. You know, as was, I mean, Ravel not so much, um, but Stravinsky was definitely in the jazz age when he was writing, and so jazz musicians started pulling from him pretty quickly right. as he's writing these, you know, his great his great works, and Petrushka's no different. There's a ton that you can get jazz-wise out of, you know, his, like you said, his orchestration, his voicings, his rhythm. I mean, he had some really happening things that had never been uh, uh, put to, to paper before. Really incredible. Yeah, I mean, Stravinsky was, I have it from some very inside jazz sources in Los Angeles. Once Stravinsky got out there, he was all up in the clubs, you know, getting high with the musicians, the jazz musicians. Okay, that's... I mean, well, I you can tell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I might be taking a little far with that. But definitely great influences both ways. Um, well, that brings, you know, to mind George Gershwin and Rhapsody in Blue, probably his most iconic piece and uh, most recognizable. And I think that that is, you know, now we're getting into an area probably of even more overt and direct influence of jazz on classical. But I mean, Gershwin really understood both worlds in addition to the sort of 
popular song, Tin Pan Alley, opera. I mean, he brought a lot of worlds together in a way that was really not corny. Now, when you're getting on the United Airplane, their version of it that they blast in your ears at 5.30 in the morning is a little corny, <laughs> the Rhapsody in Blue. But that notwithstanding, it's just a great piece, you know, the orchestration. I mean, he was very influenced by Ravel, of course. Um, but in terms of like harmony and stuff and, and putting the piece together, a lot of great things happening in there. And he was also, Gershwin was really influenced by New Orleans early jazz too that you can hear and that's from right. the clarinet onward. And he was a great player. You know, you can check out these recordings of piano rolls of him playing Rhapsody in Blue. It's unbelievable. Right. Yeah. Uh, United Airlines would play that exactly. at 5.30 in the morning. I'd be cool with that. Totally. Uh, the next thing that make our list are Beethoven late piano sonatas. Now, we all know, you know, the early... The famous early sonatas of Beethoven's when, when he was very young, but really all late Beethoven. He was so far ahead of his time at this point and so far ahead of the game late in life and obviously depressed and dying. <laughs> like all this great music came out. These late piano sonatas are just gorgeous. They, some of them, sometimes you think, oh, this is, what am I listening to, Brad Meldow or something? I mean, it sounds, it has that modern feel. I would also add to this his late string quartets, mm. you know, any of the Opus 128s on, 130, all that stuff. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's so good. That's great. Well, that's five for you, but can I throw in a bonus? Yeah. I know we said five classical pieces. Okay. Uh, I want to throw in, because we, we could go back even a little bit before that, which is Bach, as in J.S. Bach. And, you know, the Bach inventions, the well-tempered well clavier, um, preludes and fugues, like specifically the keyboard music, I think, Will, would really enhance a, a jazz piano. So we started out there kind of talking about the Chopin Etude. So this brings it back a little bit more directly to pianists. But if you study these pieces, I mean, you know, when we start with that first invention. In terms of learning counterpoint, learning phrasing, being able to have independence of the hands, all these very basic but important elements of piano technique that we can directly apply to jazz, go back to the source. Go back to the source, Mr. Bach. Yeah, and you don't have or to... Or Frau, Frau Bach, I guess it would be, right? Yeah. Oh, Herr? No, what is it? Herr, I guess. Herr Bach, yeah. Herr. Frau Bach. <laughs> yeah, so. That was his wife. That was, yeah. yeah. That's a guy over on 3rd Street down here. <laughs> no, uh, but you don't have to be a pianist either to appreciate the counterpoint and, and, uh, of Bach. I mean, think about a bass player in relation to a melody. Mm. You know, if you, if you know you're playing under a melody, learning Bach counterpoint helps you to, to place these these lines. Think about if you're a, you know, a saxophone player playing with a trumpet, you know, how to navigate that. You can yeah. do a lot more interesting things than just parallel thirds. You know what I mean? There's a lot a lot of music in that. Can so. you say his name again? I love the way you say that. Uh, who, Bach? Ba oh, Bach! I'm sorry. Because <laughs> I wouldn't say that right. Hey, so listen, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you like what you hear, please leave us a rating or a comment below. Um, a, good, a good rating, right? Well, yeah, ideally. Preferably. Preferably well, a really good rating. Feeling, you know, you it know? really helps uh, get the podcast noticed. And, yeah. and we're just digging this. We're digging all the feedback. Please, you know, if you have any lesson requests or requests for an episode, uh, leave that there too. All right. Yeah, you can go to youllhearit.com, but that's a little bit confusing because you'll has an apostrophe in it, right? Which, according to the World Wide Web, is not allowed. It's not even legal. Wait, so we couldn't get youwillhearit.com? No, we weren't. Well, you know what? We probably should have looked for that. Dang. Gonna, but if you go to you'll hear it, no apostrophe, Y-O-U-L-L, hearit.com, that'll take you actually to Open Studio Network slash podcast. Either one. You'll hear it. You'll hear it. 
That's it for today's episode of You'll Hear It. We'll be back tomorrow, but if you need more information, you can go to youllhearit.com. Thank you.